0: Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Well, my name is Shea Most people know me as Sean, but I prefer Shea, if you can pronounce that. <laughs> so I came to Canada early 2000s with my brothers and actually my whole family. Uh, my sister joined us later on, but it was... I have two brothers and an older sister. I thank God for my dad bringing us here, my parents bringing us here, because it was a huge sacrifice for them. I saw him work really hard when he came to provide for us, and some of those principles that he instilled uh, or he displayed to us is what has kept me going. he calls me a trooper <laughs> but that's because uh, i i learned that from him i learned never to give up i learned to work uh, the value of hard work and uh going for your goals and your dreams and whatnot thank you for tuning in you're listening to the dollar savvy podcast Here's your host, Cheon Adeyemi, Adeyemi. President, president and Senior Financial, senior financial planner, planner at SA Capital, Capital Advisors. My first introduction to the financial industry was not long after we came to Canada. Um, my final year of high school, right before university, I worked for one of the major banks for about a year. And I never really thought too much about finance as a career path for me. The initial plan was to go into law school. So I did my undergrad in psychology, and the plan was to write the LSATs um, upon graduation. So after my first degree, I, while studying for my exams, about six months to a year, was when somebody introduced me to a company uh, to become a financial advisor, uh, where they trained me and I learned uh, the basic tools and, and whatnot about being a, a financial advisor. And honestly, it was a great experience. I learned a lot, but then I had to choose as to whether I wanted to still pursue a career in law or continue on the path of uh, becoming a financial planner. And like many Canadians, I took on student loans for my undergrad. And when I looked at the size of those student loans and the costs that I would incur in pursuing law, I had my, I had to ask myself three questions. One, was I passionate about law? Two, was that what God was really calling me to do? And three, did it make financial sense for me? Ultimately, I decided that financial planning was something that I was very passionate about. And as God would have it, I was very good at it too. But even with that... I realized early on that I had made many unwise financial choices, many choices that caused me a lot of pain. And that was where my stewardship journey started. It was during that time that I believe God forced me to go deeper into his word and decide for myself one, how do I wanna handle my own personal finance? And two, how do I wanna teach people or how do I wanna impact people? And somewhere along the road I decided, you know what? I really wanna be an advisor who focuses and teaches believers how to manage their money because oftentimes we don't we we de we deassociate money and God. We don't see or we don't look into God's word as to how God's word directs us and how to handle our finances. We pray and we trust God and we believe God for bigger and better things. But the things that God has actually given us, we haven't used it in a way that honors God. And so it is foolish to expect God to give us more. As a parent, I understand that if I give my son a a toy and he doesn't use that toy well there's no way I'll buy something even more expensive for him because I know he's going to break it. And so the very same thing for us believers is we pray and trust God to, to, to bless us, to give us better jobs and to uh, progress our careers. But the jobs that he has given us or the resources he has given us, we haven't actually utilized it in a way that honors him. And so it's important for us to go right back to the beginning and say, what does God's word really say about money? And that's why I decided that, you know what, um, as much as I want to put these tools to practice in my own life, I think I really want to encourage believers and teach them some of the things that I learned along the way. And some of these tools are tools that have formed the basis of my own practice. SA Capital stands for stewardship and accountability. And that's really what I want to do. I want to show people how God's word affects every area of our lives, because I believe in life, there's no secular and there's no sacred. Everything is sacred. And so because everything is sacred, it means that we have to filter everything we do through the lens of the scriptures. And so today we're going to talk about five transcendent biblical principles and by transcendence, I mean, it doesn't matter what age you are, what race, what socioeconomic background, what stage of life you're currently in, whether that's single, whether that's raising a young family, or whether you're an empty nester. These are principles that will work for anyone and everyone who is seeking to honor the Lord in their finances. And frankly, you don't even have to be a believer for these principles to work for you. And then we're also going to talk about the four uses of money because it's important to have this understanding as a foundation as you make your financial decisions. So what are these financial principles? Five transcendent biblical principles. One, spend less than you earn. Two, avoid the use of debt. Three, save for the unexpected. Four, Set long-term goals. And five, give generously. Let's look at each one. One, spend less than you earn. Proverbs 21.20 says, Precious treasure and oil are in a wise man's dwelling, but a foolish man devours it. What this is really saying is this. Don't spend all you make. Spend less than you earn. Only a fool spends every single dime he gets in. Because this is important. Two, avoid the use of debt. God's word is full of so many warnings against debt. It doesn't say debt is a sin, but there are consequences to it. Proverbs 22.7 says the borrower is slave to the lender. Earlier on in my life, I made a lot of unwise choices, and part of that was debt because I didn't look at debt. I didn't heed the warnings of the Bible when it comes to how we handle debt. It doesn't say debt is a sin, but there are consequences to it. Three, save for the unexpected. Proverbs 104 4-5 Idle hands make one poor, but diligent hands bring riches. The son who gathers during summer is prudent. The son who sleeps during harvest is disgraceful. See, Life happens, we live in a broken world, situations can happen, your car can break down, you can lose your job. It's important to save for the unexpected. Sometimes we we see these things, we know these things, and we think, well, it may not happen to me. But you know what? It could. So it's important to save for the unexpected. Four, set long-term goals. Proverbs 6, 6 to 8. Go to the end, O oh sluggard. Consider her ways and be wise. She prepares her bread in summer and gathers her food in the harvest. What that is saying is that she plans for the future. The longer term view you have, the better prepared you are for the future. Yes, God will provide. But some of the means God uses to provide are the, are the resources he, he's given us today to plan for the future. Five, give generously. Luke 6.38, give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaking together and running over, will be poured into your lap. For the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Giving generously helps break the power of money over our lives. It helps us look beyond ourselves. And frankly, these five principles have changed my life, and I know it can change yours too. These are principles that will work at any income level, any stage in life, any family. These are principles that are always going to be right, always going to be relevant, and are never going to change. And so what this means is, if you and I make our financial decisions based on these, it means that, you're always going to be on the right track. It doesn't mean you never have challenges. It doesn't mean that you never face adversity. But what it doesn't mean is that you and I are doing the best we can to take control of the wealth and the resources that God has given us. We always have to remember this. God owns it all. Psalm 24 verse 1. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. See, God is the one that has given us everything that we have from our health, our abilities, our talents, our income, our resources, our relationship. He's given us all. The parable of the talents, Matthew 25, 14 to 17, where the master, he gave one servant five. He gave another two and he gave another one, teaches us many things. One, that God owns it all and he has entrusted it to us. Two, he expects us to use it wisely and grow it. Three, that he will hold each one of us accountable for how we use the resources he's provided us. It it might sound super spiritual, but until we grasp these principles, we can never experience financial peace and contentment. So the question is, how do you apply these principles to your financial circumstances? How do you flesh this out? That's where the four uses of money comes in. Think of your money as a pie that has four pieces. To live, to give, to owe, and to grow. LGOG, if you forget that. (laughs) Your money has four uses. Four pieces of a pie. To live, to give, to owe, and to grow. Live is your lifestyle. Give is what you give to a charity, is what you give to your local church, uh, older family members, or family members they need help. A cause you're passionate about, your community. O is what you pay to. Um, what you pay for your taxes, or you pay for debts that you've accumulated, and grow is what you save for the future. Now understand that each piece is legitimate in God's eye. He owns it all. And these are four areas where you can spend your money. The more money you put in one area, the less you have available for other areas. Or to give you a better visual, the bigger one piece of the pie is, the smaller the other pieces will be. What this means is that there are no independent or isolated financial decisions. Every use of your money is connected. Because money is finite. And it can only go in these four areas. Now, this four uses. Two are productive. And two are consumptive. Both growing and giving. Will yield a harvest later on. While living and owing represent areas where your money is consumed. Knowing this. It should motivate you and I to spend differently. So that your pie chart. Reflects the priorities of your heart. It is also important that we place more emphasis on the pieces of the pie that are more productive. The longer term your perspective, the better your financial decisions today. Growing your money will yield rewards later in life. Giving will yield rewards in eternity. So taking the longer term view allows your money to be much more productive in your own life and in the life of others around you. In the following episodes, we're going to break down each of these pieces to live, to give, to owe, and to grow. But in the meantime, I encourage you and I challenge you to think about your money in this four Quadrants or these four pieces. How are you using your money? Are you being intentional on how you use your money? If not, there's a natural tendency to focus more of your money, your income, or your resources on lifestyle and O, which are all consumptive. There's a danger to being passive because we live in an age or where we're bombarded with what we need and what we deserve, and it is very easy to lose perspective. It's important to have a long term view. These five principles are transcendent spend less than you earn, avoid the use of debt, save for the unexpected, set long term goals and give generously. If we keep these five principles in mind as we make decisions on a day to day it allows us to begin to ensure that at each point at each stage we are making wise choices and those choices would relate to the use of our money to live to give to owe and to grow. Thank you so much for listening to the Dollar Savvy Podcast. You can find us at sacapital.ca slash podcast. And you can reach us at one 365 8883 extension 377. Or send us an email at podcast at sacapital.ca. You've been listening to the Dollar Savvy Podcast. I'm your host, Sean DME. Thank you. Hey, I'm Anthony B. Mitchell, co-owner of Madden & Mitchell Media and producer of the Dollar Savvy Podcast. Shayun and the SA Capital team want to thank you for tuning in. It's appreciated so much that we want to give you a chance to win a gift card prize. If you're hearing this, you completed the first step by listening to the podcast. For the second step, you'll have to email this episode's code. Email the code to be entered into the draw. The winner will be announced on the next episode. This episode's winner is Natalie Campbell JJ. Please email to claim your prize. This episode's code... His glasses Madden and Michel Media.